The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Well, Andrew, you're the first returning guest for this show. What's going on, my man? How are you? Nothing much. Just uh, getting ready to move. If I'm not already moved by the time this episode comes out, just I don't know, living the dream, trying to trying to get my uh, working on content for my Facebook page for my podcast and sharing away. I just share, share, share. You're doing a heck of a job. You're doing a heck of a job, dude. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little too much, Sharon, uh, according to Facebook. But um, I'm happy to have you back. This is a really fun topic. I know last time we did breakfast cereals, which is a little, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, as this as this first season gets to you know comes to a close, and I know you've been di- you've been chomping at the bit to come back on. Uh, I figured, oh, this uh, let's, is let's have some fun. Let's great have show. Some- it, I love doing it. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss it because it's going away until January after in a couple weeks. So, uh, are you? Yeah, I'm gonna do get, stop at 16 episodes and take a break. Four months on, four months off, and just keep alternating that way. So, uh, so yeah, so that's what that's what's going on with this. So I want to get some fun ones in before we close up the season. And today we are making a toy list. A toy list. Uh, which is really fun. It's not just any toy list. It's like uh, we're going to talk about entire toy lines or, or um, just group, maybe, I guess maybe groups of toys that we enjoyed playing with when we were younger. Uh, you know, since you and I, we don't have to do our whole top five facts about you. Uh, you know, I mean, Andrew, talk us about some of your, like, toy memories growing up. Without spoiling, toy with, without spoiling anything, too, so. Oh, okay, uh... My toy memories are just, it was always something that was there. Um, uh, I was raised by my mom, so, you know, I had a single mom, but, you know, I went to my dad's house on the weekends, but my toys were always the one constant thing I always felt throughout my life and everything else is in different interests and just being able to mingle them all in and come up with stories that you would never normally see on a cartoon or anything of that nature. Right. And just open up the world of imagination to so much. Yeah. That's what I love about toys. Yeah. I have to agree because I was, I mean, my early, early childhood, it was literally me and my sister and we didn't necessarily get along. I'm not going to say we hate each other, or hated each other, but we didn't get along in that regard. We didn't play toys together. You know what I mean? We didn't do stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I was left to playing with toys for a long time. And uh, it was really cool, though, because I had this special, it was a special connection with my dad. Um, you know, he's always, he was relatively young when he, I'm not going to say he was super young. He was like 21 when he had me, him and my mom had me. Uh, so he had pretty much just grown up pretty much just grown up. I mean, I remember myself at 21, and I, I still don't think I was a grown-up at tw- age 21. Uh, but he would, like, what we would do, we, we'd hang out. That was our, like, bonding time. We'd play sports and video games and stuff, but he would actually take the time out to play, like, Toy Wars, and it was the coolest thing. Um, we'd set up, like, Matt, we'd, we'd, 
before our basement became, you know, live like livable, we'd set up the basement and have huge giant toy wars and stories and uh, I think the imagination it 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 brewed quite a bit for me back then. I, I I have like I'm thankful for toys in that regard. I have a I feel like I'm not trying to like toot my own horn, but I feel like I have a pretty creative mindset. And I get a, I think I get a lot of that from my toy experiences. Yeah, you you do definitely have a very creative mindset. I did a lot of toy playing with with my dad as well, and I think a lot of this stuff is the reason why we had it was not so much that we we wanted it, whatever, but I think he wanted it as well. And that's how I kind of get with my kids now, where there's things where I would be like, I would never buy this, but then I see it. I'm like, well, I kind of want to see what it does. So I think I'm going to pick it up. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. Um, it was, yeah. Man, I, I miss those days. So I miss when it was like okay. Like so, I I I'll find toys now that from my childhood that I'll collect, and just try and reminisce the old old days. Um, but I did get some extra toy time. I'm not a dad yet, and I dude, I can't wait to be so I can kind of have an excuse to be that. But like when my little brother was growing up, my little brother is uh, eight years younger than me. So and then it's it's just weird because he was. You know, busy. My dad was like super busy, and it was me babysitting him a lot. So, uh, a lot of, a lot of the time, it was like me watching him, and we'd play toys, and we'd have fun doing it. So, um, it's always been an important dynamic in my family. Uh, even when like my cousins, cause my my one uh, cousin Nico, who I'm very close with, he's nine months younger than me, and we were practically raised like brothers because my dad and his dad are brothers, and his mom and my mom are sisters. So we were very close. We wrote all the time. And so my dad would invite, you know, my Uncle Rich and, and, and Nico over to play toys. And we just get together and we, we just we do so much. We organize cool little storylines and make scenes and sets. And, oh, man, I can't tell you how much I miss those days. I really can't. Yeah, I miss my toys a lot. That was <laughs> like my one goal. If I ever win the lottery, I'm going right to eBay and I'm just purchasing every toy that I ever had that I can remember. Right. Understandably so. Understand- I know I definitely would. Um, I definitely would as well. But, um, but yeah, so today we're going to talk about our 10 favorite toy lines, toy themes, toy series, groups of toys, whatever it may be. We'll talk about some memories, our favorite toys within that. Uh, I think it would be really cool to do that. So, Andrew, you ready to make a list? I'm ready. All right, let's do this thing. Let's rev up the engine. Let's turn on our little commercial uh, copyright-free, royalty-free radio so I still don't get sued. Still uh, still don't <laughs> want that to happen. I don't make any money. I don't make any money doing this. And let's hop on and start off with our number 10. Andrew, what is your number 10 toy line? My number 10 toy line is a nice... Uh, Hasbro toy line, very very simple toy called Battle Beast. These were just animals, uh, arm and a la- arms legs, but they wore armor, and they would have a little symbol on them. You would rub, and you could see which one they were. They were either uh, wood, water, or fire, almost like a Pokemon. It reminds me of Pokemon in a way. It's oh, the different I enjoy types Pokemon. and stuff. Right, right. Yeah, and you know, 
certain ones beat certain ones, but they were just so cool. And the weird thing about them is they were tiny. They weren't, you know, your normal scale, maybe two inches tall. And only the arms moved up and down and they would come with weapons, but it was just a great little toy to play with and you could mix them in with anything. Uh, we had a, like a model of my dad's work and we actually made it into a board game with the Battle Beast. So Battle Beast is my number 10 toy line. I remember you talking about them before too. I don't know if we did it for a podcast. No, I think we did it for your show. I think we talked we about did. toys for your show. Uh, yep. Let's talk, but no politics, okay? Um, yeah, I do remember you talking about these. They're pretty cool. I don't remember them myself. Um, actually, let me Google them because I can do that now. What was the name of it? <laughs> Battle Beast. Battle Beasts. So they're so tiny, so simple. I actually shouldn't be googling while on a pseudo road. We're on a fake car trip. Don't do this at home, kids. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> don't don't Google and drive. Uh, <laughs> oh, these are kind. These are kind of cool. Oh wow. They yeah, like were, blue and red armor. Simple. They have blue and red armor. Oh, well, a couple different yeah. armors. Yeah. I wish I could screenshot. Uh, there was a white. Right there was a white lion, and he had an eye patch. First series: Pirate Lion, Deer Stalker, Ferocious Tiger, Colonel Bird, Killer Carp, Triple Threat Snake, Horny Toad, Sledgehammer Elephant. Yo, these are sweet. It, it was just so. Crusty Crab. They got cool so weapons. Rubber, yeah, rubber neck Giraffe, so Prickly Porcupines. Oh, I like Sawtooth Shark a bunch. These are really cool. <laughs> they had three series, and then they had uh, they had laser beasts. I don't know if I had the laser beasts. I'm not I sure had, why they're we called had a laser lot beasts. Of battle Maybe beasts. and they came in two packs. Yeah, there's a whole Dino Gator kickback. These are all, they're like all different. There's like ninety something different, very like different monsters. These things are really cool. Yeah. They were <laughs> Do, but the legs didn't move, the head didn't move, it was just two points of articulation. That was it. That's all you needed back then though. We're greedy. We're so greedy now. We want yeah. all the we want all the articulation. <laughs> we want all the articulation. Oh man. That's a good one. I really, really like that. I'm glad we got to there's a legit it's called toyarchive.com and it has a battle beast section. So you can go, you can go I, look up and and, uh, and, and relive your childhood a bit. Oh, this <laughs> dude, they have so many toys on here. I'm gonna send you the link. You can go to the website. Okay. I, I love finding. I love looking up and finding old toy like toy pages like this. They just capture the history of it all. Oh man, I'm I'm giddy. I'm giddy with excitement right now. Um, <laughs> all right, so my number ten gonna be a little unorthodox uh, I am few and far between I actually collected them a lot more when I was older um, but I used to love when I seen video games become toys okay right. um, used to love it because video games were they were mainstream but they weren't like cartoon and movie mainstream where they were getting action figures all the time 
at least not when I was growing up in the 90s. Nowadays, a little bit more of that. Uh, and I played this game that I felt like nobody ever, ever heard of or played before, and I loved it to death. And uh, it's actually a very great series. It's called Final Fantasy. And my first game that I played was Final Fantasy VII. Now, seven and eight and nine had, I think, I think they was the start of them having really cool, uh, really cool action figures. But it was the only way to really get, you know, extra time. I, I was only limited to an hour of video games a night. That was it. My parents limited my time. It was an hour. If I got really lucky, I was two hours. But. You know, so if I wanted to continue my my fun adventures uh, playing Final Fantasy, I had to get the toys, and they were very hard to find. Keep in mind, too, very very hard to find. Um, we have a store around here called I think it's called is it Phase ID or Phase One. I think it's Phase ID or something like that. It's in the Eastern Hills Mall. This guy he's been around forever. He's just he used to work at the Summit Park Mall around here too, but he sells like Japanese like stuffed animals toys and things like that Toys R Us sometimes had them they were in like a super like secretive spot like a little bit more high-end spot but you had to go the extra mile to find these things and they were really cool uh, the Final Fantasy 8 line was probably my favorite that's my favorite game of the series uh, you know for them to come with all their weapons and then sometimes they came with little monsters uh, they would come in individual boxes or they would come in like sets of like four or five, and they'd have multiple things. But uh, they weren't very poseable. That's probably my biggest complaint about them. But the fact that they came with weapons was uh, really cool. And actually, if, when you go to Disney World, they have the high-end Bandai ones. If you go to down to Disney World, uh, Epcot in Japan, they have the high-end uh, Final Fantasy figures from Bandai. I think it's yeah Bandai. And oh, they're right there, and they're just they're wonderful to look at. They're so much fun. But that's my number 10. Uh, I didn't have too many of those, but even as an adult collecting them, uh, love them to death. Love them to death. So uh, Bandai, Final Fantasy, that is my number 10. That's I, I like that, that it was it was a video game. I didn't have too many of those. I don't think the right? video game thing really I have did. a couple of those on here uh, on my list. A little spoiler alert, but they were – I feel like they, <laughs> they, they took – the companies that made uh, video game toys, I feel like they took went the extra mile to make them. Where like movie toys were always like cheap and they didn't make like they didn't make sense. Like you see a lot of toys from like Jurassic Park and stuff and they didn't make sense. Where Final Fantasy and yeah. some of the other games I have on here, they went into very, very good detail, making sure the weapons were accurate, the characters were accurate. And, you know, from a visual perspective, and they did a really good job of it. They were an expensive toy. They were a, a, a more expensive toy. There's no doubt about that. But, um, but yeah, uh, that's my yeah, that's my that's my philosophy on, on video game toys. But yeah, that's my number ten. That's a good choice. Uh, my number nine is Kenner's Justice League. This is one where. I think we wanted it because it was Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, and everything else. This is one of the first toys I can remember where you squeeze the legs and they would punch or have some action move. I do believe the uh, Wonder Woman, you squeezed her legs and her arms would come together like if she was going to block a bullet. And this was just probably the best superhero line at the time was the Kenner's Justice League. Uh, just 
the way that the capes were made, they were actually we lost the capes because you could take them <laughs> off. Most of the capes got lost. Uh, it was like the first place that I remember having is the Hall of Justice. Great, just awesome. I remember going to like phase drug stores looking for these things and everything else because we were trying to get i believe mr miracle was the send away figure okay and we just wanted to get mr miracle so we we went everywhere to get enough proofs of purchases i think to send away to get mr miracle so kenner justice league is number nine just for it being a great comic book um series or comic book toy and having vehicles and the playset and everything else it just very opened your imagination where you could actually fight with superman and squeeze his legs and he could punch it's a great just a great series great toy line that's pretty cool yeah i i can't beat that can't can't be that I, no. I i grew up but i might have had like a different dc experience uh, DC toy experience that I'll probably talk about in this episode at some point, but uh, I know exactly, I, I know the, the fun in it. You know, I grew up a Marvel kid, uh, but I still enjoyed my DC, the main, the big, the big time ones, and uh, no, I can definitely relate to that. It's a solid, it's a solid number nine. I do gotta admit too, because yeah, Mattel, yeah, oh. no, it, it, like me and Andrew Mattel. both had had, oh. had a tough time, fight like picking, like narrowing this down to ten. Like I, I yeah. we could honestly did a top twenty for you. We really could have. Oh. <laughs> I could have sat here all day. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Mattel did come out with, like, Secret Wars, but they were just, they weren't as fun or even exciting as what Kenner's Justice League was. So, like, the first Marvel action figures I had, they were not as great as what my Superman and my Batman could do. Right, right. No, that that makes that makes sense. Cause yeah, I've seen some of them in, in packages still, and they're not very uh, they're not very poseable. Not a whole lot of articulation with, with some of the early Marvel ones. Um, all right, my number nine. Now here's a movie one for you. All right, I hope you'll appreciate okay. this. Okay. Back in the '90s, there was this little known. Okay, it was pretty. It was pretty widely known. It was pretty crazy. All right, <laughs> pretty crazy movie with uh, with some cartoons and a elite level basketball guy by the name of Mike Michael Jordan. I don't know. I never heard of him. All I know is LeBron James is the goat. No, I'm just kidding. I don't mean that either. Um, Michael Jordan goat all day. Anyways, Space Jam. Space Jam had a toy set that I was absolutely in love with, and it was actually Warner Bros. produced the toys. They didn't go third party or anything. Warner Brothers directly produced and released the toys, and I'm not sure how long this lasted. Uh, I mean, but the, like, I mean, I grew up on Looney Tunes. Like, I love the Looney Tunes. I still love them to this day, uh, but they never had really any toys in the 90s. You know what I mean? And then here comes Space Jam, one of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, and you get Michael Jordan, and it's all these various characters, uh, <laughs> and they did a really good job of it too. Like, there's uh, all sorts of combo packs. There was never, there was never like one character in, per toy pack. It was Michael Jordan and Elmer Fudd, or Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny, Sylvester and Michael Jordan, or Porky Pig and uh, like the one of the the monsters, the monsters. All right. 
So it was really cool. Uh, simple articulation, but like sports is always a weird one to translate to toys, and they got to be done right. They came with toy basketballs and stuff. Yeah. It was like, it was a, it was kind of neat in, in that regard. But for me, I was just excited to have Looney Tunes toys, and the packaging was really cool. Uh, I'm not sure if you can Google it right now, but uh, the packaging was really really neat with it. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, the, the production on it. I mean, they're very highly collectible too. They're going for like 35, 40 bucks right now. Some of these toys on eBay with shipping. So, uh, but yeah, the Space Jam toy line is my number nine. I did not have any Space Jam. Take a look toys. at some of them right now. I can say that, but I did see the movie and I do enjoy the movie. Yeah, I am. They they are well done. They even had a. Uh, very well done. Um, what is this? For? Is it? I think like McDonald's or somebody did a set. Were they all interconnected? McDonald's or Burger King, I think. They, they all came with like these little square basketball floor bases and all the pieces connected. Yes, it was McDonald's. It was McDonald's, okay. You can buy the, it looks like you can buy the whole set for $16. Oh. Ooh. I might have to. <laughs> uh, there's some duplicates in there. Nah, I don't know. Um, the one I'm looking at is some duplicates, but there's some good prices. But yeah, Space Jam was everything. They made big, they made the bigger toys, but they made the fun like five, six inch action figures that I love to play with. I couldn't utilize them for my toy wars or anything. Um, actually, maybe I did. I might have done it. I might have had a, a Space Jam you could toy. Do I might have had a Space Jam uh, army. I might have. Or usually I'd have, <laughs> I'd have like a, I'd have like a mixed, like I call them mercenaries, but it was like a mixed group of just random stowaway toys. That just kind of didn't didn't fit in with anything else, but um, yeah, Space Jam, <laughs> Space Jam toys is my number nine. Here's one I got at number eight that I don't think a lot of people remember because it was a very short-lived uh, toy line and TV show, and that was uh, I'm gonna say the first word and you're like, oh, I know this, but you, I got Captain Power. It's not Captain a bell. Power. Not ringing a bell. Okay, Captain Captain Power was about this futuristic team uh, that's like in post-apocalyptic world where computers have taken over. It sounds like yes, I get it. It sounds like Terminator, uh, but they have to fight against all these robots. And what was so amazing about these toys was is you got. You could buy the Captain Power Power Station. Uh, he was already in his Captain Power uniform, but you press the button and it lit up and everything else. The other great thing about this toy line is, is if you had the ships, they were interactive to the TV show through light guns. So you could watch your Captain Power VHS tape or you could watch your Captain Power show and play with your airplane and shoot down the enemy. But if they, if you got so many hits, your air, your plane would explode out. So this was like a very interactive toy, very uh, mind mesmerizing kind of just way that everything lit up. And he came in this like super shiny gold like uniform. And it was just amazing how Mattel did this whole entire toy line. I'm very curious. These sound really neat. Yeah. What, what are these called again? I think Captain Power. Captain Power. 
toys. Captain yeah, Power, the soldiers of the just, future. That's it. Oh, it was oh, a live wow. action TV show. These were kind of cool. It was a lot. Yeah, it was a live action TV show, and you could hold them, and you could shoot the shoot the guns. Yeah, for use with Captain else. for Captain Power TV interactive accessories. Oh, that is very very creative. Yeah. Wonder, when did these come out? It came out in the 80s. I wonder if my dad knows about these. Very, very curious. I mean, if, if I was just walking through, I might just kind of skip past. But if I actually knew what the heck they were, I would probably buy them. Like, it, like not knowing about them previously. But these are some cool characters. Captain Power. I like that. I like that a bunch. How, how many did you have? Uh, I only had a couple, but the big one that we did have was the one that interacted actually with the TV show was the, like I said, the Captain Power, Power on Energizer. So you put Cap your Captain Power figure in there when Captain Power was going to turn into Captain Power. You put it up against the TV and it would activate it and everything else. <laughs> uh, but it's this always... Hate, this is why I hate toys now because they're not that creative. They do not care. They just put in a bunch of detail, charge like 20 bucks for toys, and they're not like creative at all. It it no. really upsets me how toys are like handled nowadays. It really does. But very good. So that's your number eight? Uh, number, yes, number eight. Number eight. All right. Uh, I'm going back to video game land here. All right. And man, oh man, was I stoked when these came out. Because this is my favorite video game as a child. All right, favorite video game as a child. Uh, Andrew, you're familiar with uh, Crash Bandicoot, correct? A little bit. I'm familiar with the character. Okay. All right, well, to me, Crash Bandicoot was my Super Mario. All right, Crash Bandicoot was my Sonic the Hedgehog. And these were some of the first video game toys that I ever remember seeing. And probably because they pushed them out, they were, uh, they were, they like they were prominently displayed in Toys R Us. They had an entire section dedicated to Crash Bandicoot toys. Now there's been a couple different versions of them, but the ones that I'm referring to came out in the late '90s by uh, Resaurus, R E S A U R U S. Those are the people who made it. Uh, NECA eventually took it over, and I think somebody else did, but um, I think NECA has the rights now, but. These toys are so detailed. I love me some Crash Bandicoot. And they were prominent. Um, you know, various suits and costumes and villains. And one of my favorite parts about it, too, is one of the, you know, if you played, if you never played the game before, one of the objectives is to collect crystals and gems. And it got to a point where every single package that you bought had a toy crystal or gem. Various different colors, uh, but they did package them in those. And my parents bought me a couple. I had a couple, you know, I had a couple crash version. I had a couple of the villains. They smelled really good. They had like a, a very unique rubber, like uh, for some of the accessories, like the clothing accessories. They weren't removable, but it was a unique rubber. And it was a very distinct smell. I can't think of it. Um, but I remember getting so mad one year for Christmas, right? I had this aunt. She was terrible at giving toys. Terrible at giving toys, all right? I played it. My cousin Nico, who I mentioned before, did not play the game, all right? I opened up my Christmas gift. I got some sol some random soldier guys, all right? And 
And this may be me sounding ungrateful, but all right. So my cousin, who never played the game before, opens up one of these crash toys. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> I was so mad because they did that to me all the time. The the do you remember? Uh, you probably don't remember these. There was like the the Tonka. They were construction worker soldiers. They got me those yes. one year and got my cousin, who still didn't play the Crash Bandicoot game, the Crash Bandicoot toys. I'm like, are you kidding me? And they duplicate. They duplicate bought it. I'm like you guys are off at Christmas at gift giving. Off. I was a very picky child. But it still haunts me to this day, and I don't talk to that aunt anymore. One, because she's technically not part of the family, and two, because she did crap like this. Unforgivable. There's actually... I'm looking through the pictures. There's actually a YouTube video, and it, they do the NECA versus the Resaurus. I just watched it this morning, yep. Did you? Okay. I did. I, I can say I never played with these, but the packaging on them look amazing. The packaging is cool. I mean, but even the, look at the Resaurus, like the detail on the Resaurus. I mean, keep in mind, this is late 90s, and these are big, very, very detailed figures. Uh, I mean, I'm looking through, they were just, that's what it captivated me. Uh, the one, it was like crash on a, uh, on like a jet surfboard thing, and the detail was so accurate to the game and I loved it for that reason and it goes back to my original point about the Final Fantasy toys the accuracy you know I could go on there they were delicate they were definitely delicate toys you couldn't bounce around and do the crazy crap you could with uh, with these as a lot of the Marvel stuff but yeah they were oh they were so cool I loved having these things on display and showing people but that is my that is my number eight on a number seven accessories are cool okay very I'm cool gonna, accessories I'm still right looking at it yeah, no. Yeah, take, they, I mean, jetpacks and, and and so much more. The 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 the, the masks. The I can, you Aku can Aku see. And, and Uka Uka. The the masks that came with it. Like they were like, that was good stuff. Real good stuff. Top of the line. And that's why I cherish that toy line so much. All right. So where are we at? Number seven. Number seven. Yep. Number seven. I'm going to have to say this is one of the first toy lines I ever remember playing with other than my Kenner Justice Leagues and that is the I'll say it now because they've come out with remakes and everything else and that is the original He-Man and the Masters of the Universe line these were just overwhelming great toys uh, you had swords, you had guns, uh, you had ships, you had cool spider walkers. Uh, I remember having, I think it was called the dragon tank or something like that, and it would actually swing around and actually walk. I mean, these were toys that had everything that a kid could want for an imagination. They were like the best ever. Uh, ships robot horses tigers that it was just an amazing toy line slime was big in this i remember castle grayskull was amazing with the trap doors uh snake mountain you had a microphone uh one even had a puppet that you could use and it was like a giant lizard and you poked your hand through the hole so you could grab the action figure he-man and the Masters Universe is one of like the greatest toy lines just I've ever seen or ever played with. 
overall. I, I know you speak very fi- you speak very highly of it. You you always you always really have. Um, and I, I mean I got the uh, I got like the remake version growing up. Like that was my uh, that was my experience with He-Man toys. You see some of the older ones, you know, when I was really little, but uh, I got a lot of the remakes, like the 2000 cartoon remakes and the Burger King and, and this and that. I never got to really experience uh, He-Man when it came out because I think you made a good point about a lot of toys from that era, that 80s era. They went hand-in-hand. Hand. The, the cartoons were made to pretty much sell toys, and they did a very good job of that. Mm-hmm. So I never got, to, the, I never the, got to experience that like I would have wanted to. Yeah, I mean, they had cool mechanisms and everything. Like, I remember we still had Ram Man, and he was a guy, he had a helmet, and he, you know, kind of big arms, and you could squish him down, and then you press a button and release. And we had Ram Man, and we actually used him for Juggernaut a couple of times, because he looked like Juggernaut. Right. But, I mean, the things that they had with these, uh, the names, the names, uh, Skeletor, Cyclone, Zodiac, Merman, Beastman, Mantena, Modulock, Evil Lynn, uh, Buzz Off. I was Buzz Off for Halloween. Uh, Moss Man, Too Bad, Stinkor. Stinkor had stinky pellets that you could put into it so it could stink. I mean, it just was one amazing toy line for a small child. That's pretty cool, actually. Oh, that's really neat. Yeah, uh, that's something my dad grew up with. He was a teenager. I think it early, like young teen, early teen, around the down around the time all that happened. So I, I've definitely heard stories and legends of, of that awesome He-Man line. So very very good. All right, my number seven. Is it my last? Vi- it's my l- last video game one. Okay, uh, and okay. this one was a little bit more adult-themed toys, and I kind of got into them when I was older, collecting them and finding them, but um, I'm going to go with the Resident Evil toy line. All right, uh, Capcom, video game superstars, Resident Evil was made by... Toy Biz actually handled this. Toy Biz actually handled this line. Uh, they made them for the first two video games. I don't know. If, I don't think they ever did a, any for uh, Resident Evil Three, but they did them for the first two. And these, I remember, I remember walking by them in Toys R Us, wanting them. My dad, you know, my parents wouldn't let me have them. But uh, the detail on these is is like really, really impeccable. Um, but it, they all came with weapons. They all came with weapons, which is really cool. Some of them had like a legit like firing action, like. Uh, I just rebought one of them. It was the Claire Redfield with a police zombie uh, action figure. And it had a crossbow that if you pushed a button on the crossbow, it fired out. It had a string to it, but it had something at the end of it that could use, uh, you know, to hit stuff. And if it hit in the right spot, the zombie would blow up. You would split in two. It was the coolest thing. Like They did a, they did a very, very good job of uh, with these figures, the details. Um the William Burke and the G-Monster from Resident Evil 2. It has a giant eyeball in his right arm. And when, if you move the toy around, the eyeball actually moves, which is something that the, the, it did in the game. They were expensive toys, you know, obviously. Um, really, really cool, but... Um, yeah, they, they did such a good job of putting detail in it. I'm not sure why they stopped after two games. 
You know, I feel like they could have gotten some out of Resident Evil 3, but they stopped after uh, Resident Evil 2. All of them had, like, two packs. There was, like, a hero character and a monster. Or it was a really big monster character. But those were phenomenal. They did... Uh, NECA, who I mentioned before, they actually did a Resident Evil 4 toy line that I, I got into when those first came out. That was me really getting into Resident Evil, um, you know, full-time. I've been a full-time fan ever since Resident Evil 4 came out. And then I went backwards and played everything. But the, 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 NECA game, the, the NECA games, or toys, were very, very well detailed. Like, compared, compared to, like, the McFarlane's uh, NFL figures. That's how well detailed these were. Uh, with with different weapons, characters, like very very detailed face complexions and, and body types and all this, um, but Resident Evil across the board that's my number seven. These are, <laughs> I like the packaging. As as I get older, I really enjoy appreciate the art, the packaging, and I've yeah, yeah it's and this is if you're into kind of like a horror thing as a kid the packaging like really draws you in with the all black and then the red letters and everything else and i saw the eyeball monster that you were talking about you found him yeah i didn't realize it moved it, yeah it, it, but yeah it moved along with you it's the coolest thing that's some excellent work that they did there yeah and like i'll go to different stores and these things are expensive nowadays uh, I mean, eBay is going to jack the price up always, but if you go to stores and find these, you're mm -hmm. looking at spending probably like 30, 40 bucks on one of them. That's how rare but wow. cool they are. Um, and I would honestly, if I had the spare cash, I would willingly pay that much. <laughs> but they just, they look, like you said, very well detailed. They just look cool. I could see, I could see, like I said, a kid that's like either if you played the video game. When you said Resident Evil, I was expecting a little bit more of a movie feel to them, but these are all video game feel. Right, the art is like accurate to the video games. Mm -hmm. the, the biggest flaw, not so much articulation, of course, but it, back then you take what you can get. Uh, and this was this was one of those rare occurrences. You didn't have video game toys all the time, and that's why this one stands out so much to me. Uh, but everything, visually, it, it, it like very gruesome detail, some of the monsters too. Like maggots, they'll put on some of the zombies, and, and you can see like muscle, various muscle tissue and and rib cages and stuff. I was very happy with how they how they did this one, but yeah, that's my number. Uh, that's my number seven. All right, so we're getting into my number six here. Yes, sir. Um, I'm not gonna say the name. I'm gonna let's see if you can guess it. I'm just gonna make a noise, and it goes something like. Wait, hold up. I think you cut out for a second. You might have to make that noise again. Oh, okay. It goes... Kind of like that. I don't uh, know how Transformers? That. That's right. Transformers. Just G1. This was a mind-blowing thing. Had a bunch of Transformers as a kid. Uh, Optimus Prime. Uh, still a personal hero of mine. Uh, just everything that they could do. And it was so great because there was 
big ones like Optimus Prime, and then you had small ones that you could get. So if your parents weren't looking to spend a whole bunch of money, if you went out on a thing, you might be able to talk them into buying like a Bumblebee or a Sea Spray or something like that. But just all the different things they could transform into. Then they start coming out with triple changers like Blitzwing that could transform from a tank to an airplane to a robot. Uh, combiners like Devastator and the Autobots planes. Their names are escaping me right now. Just everything you could imagine towards the end of the series with the Headmasters that were tiny robots in themselves. It's just, it's a very iconic series with a lot of iconic characters. And the new Transformers do not do, I don't feel they do as good as justice as to the G1 transformers and the whole mechanism into everything and then plus two it was something that you felt cool because you could transform it but a lot of adults couldn't do it struggle it was I, like a must yeah yeah i can i, I know what you're talking must simpler, about simpler oh sorry no sorry to cut you off but i i know i know exactly what you're talking about i had because my transformers were beast wars and I know you like to crap on those all the time. You're very, uh, you're a very smug Transformers <laughs> fan, toy fan. You're not. A, you're, yes. <laughs> you're not very overly stoked about Beast Wars, but, um, but yeah, it was cool when you could transform. But my, yeah, I remember watching my dad struggle to try and try and change some of them. Um, yeah, it took a while. It took a while to get used to it. But very good. Love Transformers. No, can't beat them. It's hard to beat. Even like the the they were so simple, but the McDonald's toys that they used to have of them, where it was just like you just pulled a couple pieces. Yes. They had them in the night. I think in the nineties. And uh, oh, they're so cool, so cool. But very good. All right, my number six. I got two that are very similar themed in a row here. Uh, but my number six is uh, some pro wrestling toys. I'm going WCW Toy Biz from the mid to late 90s all right yes to me wcw was the be all end all when it came to pro wrestling i wasn't allowed to watch wf for a period of time because there was a lot of crap called the attitude era on at that time and it just wasn't very good um it wasn't the best all right it wasn't the best <laughs> an eight nine-year-old should not have been watching wwf at the time uh but, oh my god, these Toy Biz wrestling fig WCW figures were the greatest thing to ever happen. They had more points of articulation than the WWF toys at the time, which was a huge deal. Bending at the knees, the elbows, you can rotate their shoulders. Um, that was a big deal. You can even bend, like, bend at the waist, too, which is really important for me. When, you know, when you're a kid, you want to do all sorts of different wrestling moves, and you don't want to be limited by that. And at the, the WWF figures at the time in the late 90s until Jack Pacific got their hand on them a few, a few years later, uh, all they could do is shoulder. You could just move the shoulders and legs. You couldn't bend at the knees. You couldn't bend at the elbows. Uh, very limited motion. And these were the coolest things. You're getting all these legends. You get your Hollywood Hulk Hogan's with his sweet tights that he had back then with the, with the black and the, the, the lightning blue and, and white. Bret Hart, Goldberg, Kevin Nash had really cool... Uh, had really cool action figure. It had like the little tassels on the side and they stuck out. Scott Hall, Lex Luger, Sting. All these guys who I loved. Um, and I picked them up. I got so many of them. There was a point in time where I was buying more WCW figures than WWF. 
and uh, and it's because Toy Biz did, did such a great job of it. Uh, absolutely, like I mean, I'm looking at some of these. I'm getting just really great memories, and I almost want to kind of go back and get some of them. But this was the beginning <laughs> of well done wrestling toys, in my opinion. Um, you know, back in the '80s, you guys had the. Uh, Oh, who was it? LGN. LGN. They were LG cool poses, but they didn't move. That was it. No. And then we had the Hasbros. We had the Hasbros. The little Hasbros, right? The little, like, four-inch tall yeah. Hasbro things. And, you know, those are cool for collecting, collection's sake, but they weren't, like, the best toys to wrestle with. These WCW figures were 100% the best ones to wrestle with. And I have another story about that aunt that bought that bought me the, the, the wrong they didn't give me the Crash Bandicoot toy. And this is part of the reason why I just don't like her as much as I do. She hated violence. She was a very church-going person, okay? Uh, hated violence. And I'd be stuck sleeping over their house all the time and bringing my wrestling toys. And she got mad at me one time because I was wrestling with them and beating each other up. So she, she told me to play tea party or have a bowling party with them. What? Yes. This has traumatized me. I never went back there again. I never. I, I told my parents, I'm like, I'm not going back there again. She made me. She made me play tea party with my wrestling toys. And this, like, this is something I only tell people very rarely. And I'm glad I'm getting out on podcast form. But this is a real thing that happened to me when I was like eight years old. And I was like, I don't want to go back over there again. Like, this is stupid. <laughs> I just want to play with my toys. Like, I shouldn't be told to, you know. Like, come on, come on. But uh, yeah, that's my number six. That's my number six. I got my bitterness out of the way. That's my number six. That's good that you got that one. Like, yeah, I, I feel better now, actually. Last that. time I had a wrestling figure was like I said, was LJNs. <laughs> so to okay. see these, the only way I knew about any of these is uh, the Major Wrestling Figure podcast. So when you said it, I'm like, oh, I know it now just because they talk about them. Yeah. Uh, I used to but love it, too, because my dad made actually made me a ring. We didn't want to waste money on one of the, the wrestling rings that they sold, but... Um, but they straight up bought me, or they, my dad made me, did some stuff and things, and he he made me uh, a wrestling ring. Like, cut it, use some wood, we use rubber bands, and ring ropes, and uh, I carry that thing with me everywhere. It was wonderful. <laughs> Good old wrestling toys. <laughs> they, they looked a lot better than yeah. the LGN dog toys that we had. Yep. <laughs> All right, so... We're in the final five here. <clears throat> My five, um, this had to be definitely in the top five, is this is a toy line not for little kids. Never had a cartoon with it. Never had comic books about it. But I did a whole show on it. Uh, and that's starting lineups. Yeah. Starting lineups was like the toy that I bought as I got older as a teenager and if you would have told me it was a toy I would have said it's not a toy because these were things that I kept in a package and very nice and I put them all over my wall and went nuts for these things because you got to have your sports heroes with them and they became like another big giant trading card so you wanted all your favorites but you wanted that one where nobody wanted that everybody wanted and when you had it you felt like the coolest kid in the world you were like yeah i got this i remember cordell stewart's rookie starting lineup and i got it and i was like yeah i got cordell stewart's rookie starting lineup 
it's gonna be so great look at me and people come over and they would see it on the wall or it was just amazing and then they had hockey guy hockey players and goalies and just the way that they looked were awesome i didn't take too many out of the package but they were this is definitely number five toy line of all time starting lineups that's a great one amazing that's a great one that's one i definitely didn't appreciate until i got older um but i showed you the one i got today from yes you know that place you find them in like you find them in a lot of bargain like bins a lot now you can find them for dirt cheap a lot of them there's some very rare ones but uh no you can uh you can find them everywhere any flea market i feel like you'll you'll be able to find them no problem I, I, I can go and look and find a football one anywhere. So, um, very good. Yeah, I, it's an excellent number five. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I don't have those on my list for the reason why I, that I didn't have them. You know, uh, I didn't really appreciate mm-hmm. them until I got older. But I remember in Sy- there's a mall in Syracuse. Well, it's now called Destiny USA. But I went there before it was like became what it is. And there was a store. It had a whole wall full of them on racks upon racks. They were selling for five bucks a piece. And it was when I was pro wrestling. I wasn't. A, I wasn't even then. I wasn't like a huge, huge football fan where I would have bought them. But um, if you know, if it was me now, I would have. I would have cleared out that wall. I would have dropped every single. I would have bought every single one of those. Every single one. No regrets. But very good. All right. My number five is another uh, wrestling line. WWE's Jacks Pacific. And these were the two thousand like two thousand two and beyond toys um this is i actually this is when i got back into wrestling there's a four-year period where i did not watch professional wrestling at all did not watch it at all um and then i got into it and i started buying all the toys because my brother was young and i just wanted them to myself i was actually collecting them for a little bit and they jack specific did such a great job with these figures a lot they they had that wcw articulation to them there was like sweet two packs, the adrenaline two packs. There was deluxe aggression and this and that. They went for a long. I think they still technically. May, well, no, Jack Specific isn't in business anymore. But um, no, they, they aren't in business. But uh, these are some of the better toys uh, that I I played rest, with wrestling wise. Uh, eighth and ninth grade, I was collecting them. I was going to find them, and then I'd go play. Use the excuse to play with my brother, and we go uh, we go play at a, <laughs> a ring that I made. Yeah, I made. I, I ended up making for him, but um, yeah, number five is WWE Jack specific. Yeah, this, this is a. I, this is what I love about this is that like there's stuff on here that was like after my time, but right. it still looks cool to see to see that you guys got these great great wrestling action figures after the stuff that I had to deal with. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we were very fortunate, very fortunate in that regard. Um, all right, you're number four. Number four, uh, this is where it gets. This is where the part of the list got kind of difficult, but easy at the same time. Number four, I'm gonna go with Marvel Toy Biz. That is the gr- greatest collection of superhero toys ever is Marvel Toy Biz when they started making the X-Men and doing Spider-Man cartoon ones and everything else Uh, vehicles were great Uh, the Spider-Man playset was great 
a lot of the stuff which is just awesome to be able to press down the back of your cyclops and his you know the beat the light would flash and everything else and they just brought all those guys from the comic books from the cartoon to life 100 percent and I remember always getting a big box every year of, at Christmas of all the ones that I didn't have. I mean, even the Iron Man, the Fantastic Four ones were great. It, I don't think anybody could ever reproduce a superhero toy line like the Marvel Toy Biz. No. No. Undoubtedly the best. And that's all I'm going to say about it for now. Uh, undoubtedly the best. <laughs> it was so so good that was the golden era of marvel for me and it's yeah yeah that's that's all i'm gonna say about it for now um <laughs> oh so good so good but very good very good do you have anything you want to add to that before i move on we can elaborate on no further a little just bit. all right I, I, yeah i was gonna say <laughs> all right uh my number four and i've been on a big kick of these lately if i could find them for a good price, I would buy them in a heartbeat. Uh, I was around for the Pokemon craze when it first happened. At first, I wasn't buying into it, and then it just consumed me. It consumed me. I bought one pack of cards. I was like, I need more. I need more. All right. Uh, I need the toys. I would go to because you remember this because you used to live in the falls where World Gym is now. World Gym is now. Um, well, it's Crunch Fitness, technically, but where World Gym is now, there used to be a store called, was it Hills or Vicks? I want to say it was Vicks. That was that was Vicks. Hills is where Burlington used to be. Okay. Or, so or Hill, Burlington is where Hills used to be. There we go. Okay. I got you. So, all right. So it was Vicks. But I remember going to that store with my mom, because we used to go there often until it closed, and it was the late 90s. And they had an entire aisle of Pokemon toys. All right. Now, these things weren't anything special. They were probably one, I'm not going to say, probably like two to three inches tall. All right. Uh, but the cool thing, they, they were, oh, they were so cool. They, they sold them in like multiple, multi-packs. So you get the evolution. So, oh, you want Charmander, you got to buy Charmeleon and Charizard first. And it kind of come with that. And... You know, you just have them all, and you could battle them, and, and it was cool to take the Game Boy game and the, you know, the TV show and bring it to life. You can battle them in, in, in so many different, uh, you know, instances and however you like, and, and there was some of them came with little Pokeballs, and, and the creativity there was just un, unmatched, unmatched with these. Uh, that was like our thing. We, we would like my cousin again. My cousin Nico, who would get together and play toys with. There was a point in time where we he'd bring his Pokemon and I would bring mine, and we just bring them and battle each other. And we 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 kind of play them out. We put them, we pop them on like cards and stuff. And oh man, I I'll never forget like when that Pokemon craze like finally like just consumed my soul. And I was like, okay, I'm done fighting it. I embrace it. Yeah, I was drawing them. I had a my stairwell had a whole bunch of pictures that I drew of Pokemon. I, I filled up my stairwell with them, but the toys were top notch. And there's been so many various toy lines with them, but the the original little Hasbro ones that could fit legit fit in your pocket, pocket monsters that could fit in your pocket. Those are my number four. Yeah, did not have any of those either, but 
I have seen them. They're really great toys. Yeah. No, they, they, they were fun. If, like I said, if I can find them for cheap, I would buy them again in stage. I do have some. I actually just recently bought, uh, well, within the last year, I bought a bunch of the old Burger King ones that came out with the movies. They're not the same. Uh, they do some cool tricks and stuff, but they're they're not the same. But, um, but yeah. So that's my that's my number. That's my numero four. Number three, I have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Of course. <laughs> this was, yeah. I I got to. Uh, they were great action figures, all the way around. Um, the vehicles, just everything about it was just awesome. And you could just find all different variations of them. I mean, it was amazing. They had the turtle sewer playset. Never got the Tuckmadrome. The party wagon was a great vehicle. I don't care what anybody says. I've heard a lot of YouTubers say that it wasn't. But in my mind, it's still great to me. Because <clears throat> when you're a kid, do you really know better? And it's just was a great toy line because there were just so many of them. Right. It was almost up there like He-Man. Like there were just so many and so many different kinds that you just wanted them all. Yeah, I. There was a cool. You know, they had those when I was in the. Uh, you know, growing up, I remember them being in the discount toy bin outside of uh, KB Toys. I remember there's a huge discount bin of them at the Summit Park Mall. Uh, but I did have a lot. My grandmother used to collect them for us. She used to have a toy bin for us and all the cousins and stuff to come play and uh, have toys. And she had all the TMNT toys. Every single, like, different costume variation, different attire. She had them all set for us. And uh, I definitely, definitely appreciated those a ton. Yeah, I can't... Just number three. I remember I had, like, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Christmas one year. And I think Santa, I'll say Santa, in case anybody is out there with some kids listening, um, brought me like the whole first wave and part of the second wave for Christmas with the uh, play set and the party wagon. So that was one of my most memorable Christmases ever. That would be a good Christmas. That would be a sweet Christmas. I'm a little jealous. A little jealous. Um... No, that'd be cool to just kind of have all that, <laughs> you know, just get it all out of the way. Everybody buy me this, practically, yeah. and get the whole yeah. whole set. And I don't know, like, I was one of those kids where even when I got something at Christmas, I'd play with it forever. Like, a lot of kids nowadays, they get something that's mm -hmm. cool for a month, and then they're like, eh, eh, they, they're done with it. Or I would, like, I would find ways to use them all the time. I always wanted my toy, my toy experience to be huge and over the top, and I would find ways. I had a... I had a TMNT team, too, for when I did Toy Wars. I used to spread them all out of the basement. <laughs> Everyone had different ships and buses and, and and this and that. And TMNT had their little spot. I, I designated a little spot. It was under, uh, you used to have an air hockey table, and I considered that the underground, like the little sewers, and that's where the that's where the Ninja Turtles would yeah. go back in my day. Great, that's awesome. Great choice. Um, all right, my number three, I think you kind of mentioned them already but uh, I'm going to go in like I really mean kind of uh, I'm going to go the Batman Kenner toys alright so that's, these are from Batman the Animated Series they, they okay. were it's probably just like the Justice League ones probably just like the Justice League ones but the Batman Animated Series ones it 
they had the look and style of the cartoon, which was a big deal to me. That's what I, that's what I loved and enjoyed and appreciated. And uh, the packaging was really cool. We talked a lot about the packaging. Um, the various, mm-hmm. what made me happy too was all the various Batman costumes that came with this, because Batman had different suits um, that he enjoyed uh, with this. Uh, I'll never forget. I came home. Was it? Was it pre-K? I think I came home from pre-K at one time, or I, and uh, my dad surprised me with a Riddler action figure, and I was so happy because oh, I love the Riddler. Riddler was the cool, like in my opinion, he's probably one of my favorite Batman villains, and uh, he surprised me with a Riddler Batman animated series Kenner toy, and I wish I still had it. Wish I still had it, but uh, regardless, that was like that's a special memory. Back in my day, I remember I used to have the Robin toy. Like I used to have Robin. I used to have all those, those those Batman counter toys. Um, but uh, that, that was one of my early fond memories of, of superhero toys. Was that? See, I never liked the Batman variations too much. <laughs> I can remember that because I just wanted a Batman. <laughs> but I can remember being kind of upset with some of the variations they just never had a Batman after a while it was like no I know I did have the white one yeah I know what you're saying like snowfall I had an orange and black one I I don't know who made it I don't know if it was Kenner or NECA or there's there's been obviously a couple people who have taken the Batman franchise and used it but there was an orange and black Batman one I had like a scuba suit Batman one and and, uh, there's been some cool Cool variations, but I know what you mean. You just wanted a regular, regular, regular Batman. I'll tell you which variations I want when you. Uh, <clears throat> I know when you probably get to your number one over there or number two. Uh, my number two is the real Ghostbusters. They, they had great action figures, great vehicles, great playsets. But what I loved is that you could get. The proton pack and be able to wear that they had the trap that when you stepped on it you know air would puff open up the doors uh they had the slime gun even though it didn't shoot out slime and it just kind of <clears throat> some weird plastic thing you know shot out of it but it was cool because not only could you play with the action figures but you could actually be a ghostbuster and you could you know wear the proton packs and everything else and play as a ghostbuster but then if you didn't want to do all that, you could play with the Ghostbusters. This is modeled after the cartoon, which I loved. I liked the movie too. But it was just overall just really great toys. And I remember just having a bunch of them because they were so much fun to play with. Yeah, I, I wasn't around for those. I've seen pictures of them. And I'm actually looking at some... Uh browsing some right now real Ghostbusters toys. Yeah, um, Kenner. Yeah, they had some sweet stuff. Different, looks like some different costumes, different attires, different weapons, uh, monsters. Mm-hmm. But oh, when is this? I love the football one. <laughs> There's some really, really cool ones. Um, and when is this article yeah. from? It's Six months ago, it looks like Hasbro's bringing back the classic Ghostbusters Kenner toy line. Is? This article from six months ago says that. Yes. I don't know they if this are. is. They are. So, um, so that'd be pretty cool to have. 
pretty cool to have. I think they're supposed to do it in affiliation with the last or with the new movie that's coming out. But um, yeah, still pretty well, neat regardless. It's not. It's not, it's not the real Ghostbusters though. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's it's Hasbro. Hasbro bought out Connor. Hasbro has like bought every eighty child franchise known to man. So <laughs> they're the Disney World of toys, in a way. They are, in a sense. Very good. Uh, my number two, and these were some of the first toys that I started collecting. All right, I'll tell you a little story. It starts off. It sounds really creepy at first, but um, all right. So I. There's this guy that lived across the street. He grew up with my dad. And uh, one time he'd see me playing. I, I was doing some something with Star I had like a Star Wars toy lightsaber. He goes, hey, kid, want to co- come see something in my basement? I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> All right, this sounds terrible. Terrible. Poor judgment on my part. <laughs> but anyways, I go down there. But I'm like, I trusted him because he was friends with my dad uh, growing up. And he, he brought me to his basement. And he showed me his entire basement was filled with boxed Star Wars figures. All the way back from the Kenner, he had all the ba- the sets, the play sets, the ships, every toy. It looked like a toy store. He had the little hanging like metal hooks, and everything was just hanging on there. It was just wall-to-wall toys. So I was inspired from that point on. Um, and in my generation was like Hasbro. Uh, let's see what the generate. It wasn't like Power of the Force or anything. It was kind of after that. But Hasbro was pushing out Star Wars toys. This is right around uh, Attack of the Clones, after Attack of the Clones came out. I was like, I'm going to start collecting some toys, uh, some Star Wars toys, and, and set up a collection. And um, I did. I collected them for a long time, a long time. My brother actually ended up opening them up, and I wasn't, in hindsight, I wasn't super mad about it because I was like, okay, now I get to play with these. But I collect. I had like 50 <laughs> figures, like saved up, 50 figures. Uh, loved the articulation on them. Loved the detail. The it was always so cool when you got to open up a figure with a lightsaber. I, lo- I always lost those. I always lost the lightsabers. But every time I found one, I adored it. I, I They were the coolest little things. But um, I used to have, before I lost, I used to have like, a, like, a, like one of those school pencil boxes that nobody has anymore. I would just pop the lightsabers and, and guns and stuff in there. But it was really neat because they hit every angle. Like they went back. They didn't just do episode two or episode one. They went back in time. They, they took care of four, five, and six, and I was collecting every little piece that I could. And uh, it was a really cool collection for a long time uh, until it all got opened up. But yeah, that's undoubtedly my number. Two. That's undoubtedly my number. My number two. That was the first bit I got into collecting action figures and hoping to, you know, someday have a sweet room full of them. But it never it was never to be. Never to be. I came at probably the later part of the big Star Wars action figure craze as a kid. Uh, my brother had tons of them. Uh, my aunt would take them out and he would get a new action figure all the time. So I got to hear that story. <laughs> and <clears throat> Excuse me. And he would, uh, and I still played with them and everything else. And there's an actual picture of me where he got an AT-AT, the big motorized AT-AT for Christmas. And I'm pulling his hair because he's not letting me play with it. (laughs) Oh, it's what a jerk. (laughs) Those are actually, I got excited because those are in the the Rochester Museum of Play. I I did that tour by myself one time and I got, I went and looked through that and they have them in, uh, they have them in glass cases. 
Still, they look fantastic. So, my number one, and I did some like to come up with this list. You got to do you got to do a little bit of soul searching. And out of all these toy lines, my number one is the GI Joe. I never had the 12 inch, so I would say like 1980s to early 90s GI Joe. In my mind, it is the greatest toy line ever. Uh, just a wide variety of action figures, uh, the the vehicles, the big giant playsets. Everything was just big and able to you know mobilize with tanks and different planes. I had a plane that was also a squirt gun. It's definitely the greatest toy line I ever had. It was amazing cartoon amazing just toy line over and over and over like if you didn't have one roadblock you could get another roadblock snake eyes everybody wanted snake eyes and my christmas story to this would be uh i when the power ranger craze hit i wanted a megazord that's all i wanted was the megazord i wanted the megazord i wanted the megazord and santa brought me the Star Wars Star Brigade robot. And this thing was huge. And I didn't appreciate it at the time. Like, it's one thing that I would definitely buy. And this thing was, like, huge. And it had a light-up gun uh, rotating. You rotated it and fired missiles out like a Gatling gun. This claw that you could actually pick up the action figures with when you squeeze the sides. And that was probably one of my favorite things that I had, G.I. Joe-wise. But G.I. Joe was always something. And they were, the figures were kind of inexpensive, so I remember saving up money just so I could go out Toys R Us, pick out three GI Joes, and be able to just have fun and go out in the backyard and just get messy and muddy and everything else with the Joes. <laughs> no, that's yeah. My brother had some of those. I never got GI Joes myself, but I understand the importance of them because I don't know. It, it, there's a lot. There's a lot to them. And they're really cool. They're uh, they're really cool. There's there's so many different layers to them, and of course you had the cartoon back then too, which goes a long way. Yeah. But all right, my number one. You already mentioned them. You probably already know what's coming. It is the Marvel Toy Biz series. No, no toy line defined my childhood more than Marvel's Toy Biz. Okay. I look looking back. I'm looking on this website. It's called figuresrealm.com, and you can list look through every single little variation, um, you know, every release line that Toy Biz had with Marvel, and I'm just like blown away. Uh, and there's so much nostalgia coming back. They legit hit every single superhero back in the day, like every every character, oh, yeah. big name, small name. Um, they 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 had a figure for them and they're again a whole aisle dedicated just like my re the wrestling toys back in the day and just like the crash bandicoot toys and toys rest had an entire aisle dedicated to marvel toys and i am looking at some of these and i'm getting the chills just thinking back to some of the ones that i used to have like different toy runs and um <laughs> it's oh man it, it makes me like mad that my parents like gave away all this stuff um but these toys are phenomenal. They're like the po extremely, incredibly poseable. And I was a bit, like I said, I was a big Marvel guy back in the day. So it meant a lot to me to uh, to get to play with these. And they were a big part of those toy wars. 
Uh, I can't I can tell you, can't tell you the, the countless experiences I had, you know, with these figures. I might still have some to this day, but I get excited if I see one like out at like a flea market or something. I will buy it every single time. I, I will get it because it's just that's how much these meant to me. Um, cool articulation, cool look to all of them. Um, you know, just very. There were some ingenious designs to them too. I'm trying to think. It might have been. Mm-hmm. I, I, it might have been Toy Biz, but I had like an X-Men Cyclops one where the eyes lit up. I'm not sure if that was Toy Biz. Um, that was all Toy Biz. It was all it Toy was Biz all as well. Toy Biz. Okay. They, they because had the, Marvel actually. They had it in the entire the 90s. Oh. They dominated in the 90s with uh, with Marvel stuff. The way Toy Biz um, got the rights to Marvel is they actually gave up shares, the controlling shares to Toy Biz to Marvel or it was controlling or but the major or a bunch of shares to Marvel to get the license to make these Marvel action figures. Right, right. So it's big. And um, I think this it is paid off. This is where I got really my favorite one oh yeah. My favorite one out of these was the Iron Man series. Cause I like the Iron Man cartoon. Okay. And where he would go before he got into his armor, there was the big hall, like big, like this hall of a hall or tunnel or whatever, full of different Iron Man, you know, armors. So when they would come out with a different Iron Man variation with the armor, I always wanted that one because I thought it was cool because then that way you could line them up. And I had the Tony Stark where he had like, uh, where you could put the armor onto him. So, you know, I have my Tony Stark walking up and he would go on his mission, pick out his armor, and then, you know, he put the Tony Stark behind the figure to switch into the armor to pretend like that way. So, I, got I love the Iron Man ones. No, those are pretty cool. I uh, I have a fascination with the, the big, the 10-inch deluxe figures. Um, I, had, I had some of those until, like, last year. I actually mm-hmm. auctioned them off so we could afford this precinct uh uh, well, our office space, but we had I had a lot of those. Uh, there was a lot of cool Spider-Man variations, X-Men variations. Um, Fantastic Four was a fun one because I liked the I, Fantastic Four was one of my favorites back in the day, and they had some really cool ones. They actually made uh, I had it again. I got rid of I auctioned this one off too. It was a Human Torch, but it actually had like flint inside of it, and you could start a fire inside his chest. It had actual flint, and it would, like, light up. It was like, one of the craziest things, but they, they took it off the market for obvious reasons. But, um, oh, my oh, God, okay. countless, <laughs> countless memories with Marvel. But, uh, I mean, that's there it is, everybody. That's our top ten. We got through it a uh, little bit longer, yep. but you know what? Because we're getting towards the end, I wanted to I want to kind of give you guys something uh, to hold on to until we come back in January. But, um, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us uh for another car trip. Another car trip. I wish we were actually doing this in person. Thank you. Yeah. We did kind of have a car trip, but we didn't make a list. Technically. Technically true. Um, no, we didn't. We screwed up in that manner. But yeah. uh, ho- hopefully maybe someday maybe someday we'll get that opportunity. But, yeah, we did. Um, maybe. But, uh, yeah, everybody, yeah. That, is, that is a wrap. I think we have two more episodes i think this is number 14 so two more episodes for the season and then we'll be back in january uh i'm getting some inkling like i want to do more of these and just keep going but i know in my heart that i need to focus on football season coming up for 
uh, for and, and some other aspects for some of my other shows. So, um, but yeah, so a couple more episodes. At September 11th, I think, is our last episode. Last episode that comes out. But mm-hmm. um, that is it, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us, Andrew. Once more, thank you, and to the listeners. Well, do you even list? Go! I'm taking my wings and going. Is this wings? To go? <laughs> Who wants some hot wings? Warning: Seven Wings Six features food-based stunts and stupid performances, either by the professional or under the supervision of trained professionals. To ensure that these hot wings are eaten correctly, according to the BICBP and the producers, must insist that no one attempts to recreate or unknowingly eat any of these hot wings. Infernal and suicide wings are no joke. Leave it to the professional idiots that do these stunts and activities. Watch Seven Wings Six. Seven Wings Six. What will we do next? Whatever Whatever the the we want. want.